Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, I'm Allison. And I'm Taylor. And together, we're the Anxiety Chicks. Each week, we will dive deep into a different topic about anxiety and the real-life experiences we all go through, while giving you all the top tools and tips you need for your journey to recovery. Our degrees may say therapist and dietitian, but together we are just real chicks on our own healing journeys too. Join us as we take you from panic to power and reduce the stigma of mental health. Remember, you're never alone and we're all in this together. Hi, healers. Allison here. So I want to talk to you all a little bit about one of our new sponsors, BetterHelp. I'm so excited to tell you about this online counseling platform because as a licensed therapist, I'm a huge advocate of mental health awareness and truly believe in providing affordable counseling services to anyone, anywhere. Let's face it, there's so many areas in the United States and around the world that can make it so difficult to find affordable counseling. And especially if you live in a more rural area, it can be really hard to find a counselor, which is why I love this online platform. BetterHelp is an online mental health healing platform that provides online counseling and matches you with your own licensed professional therapist. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's a professional counseling service done securely online and is available worldwide. What's even better is that there are a number of different licensed counselors who specialize in all different areas of mental health. BetterHelp makes it so easy to log on to your account at any time and contact your therapist directly. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses and can schedule as many weekly video or phone sessions as you would like. As a therapist, I know that it's not always possible to find the right therapist for your needs, especially the very first time. So BetterHelp has actually made it so easy to facilitate great therapeutic matches. And if you don't find a connection with your first counselor, there's absolutely no charge to change counselors if you ever need to. How amazing is that? And if you find that you're struggling financially, they also have financial aid available. So we have a special offer for all Anxiety Chick listeners today. Sign up now and receive 10% off your first month. Just visit betterhelp.com slash the anxiety chicks. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P slash the anxiety chicks and join over 500,000 people who are taking charge of healing their mental health with an experienced counselor today. Hi, healers. It's Allison here. So I want to tell you a little bit more about how Taylor and I got started with our podcast and the platform we've been using, which is Anchor, has been so user-friendly and so amazing. I just want to tell anyone else out there that is thinking about starting a podcast, Anchor is the way to go. First of all, it's completely free. So hello. Second of all, there's so many creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. It's crazy. I'm recording this right from my phone and it literally just looks like the record button on your videos or your Instagram. So it really is such a user-friendly platform and 
The coolest thing is, is you can add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes too. And the possibilities are seriously endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never even seen before. Anchor also distributes your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many other platforms. And you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And like I said, it's so user-friendly. I recommend Anchor. Go to anchor.fm to get started or the Anchor app. See you later, healers. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Anxiety Chicks podcast. I'm Allison Sepinera. And I'm Taylor. And we just want to say thank you so much to everyone who has been leaving us such great reviews. And we would love for anyone listening to leave us a review or go on iTunes and rate us. Um, that really helps get the podcast out to other people to help raise mental health awareness. Um, we also want to thank the people that gave us some constructive criticism on our reviews because we definitely take what you say because we want to make this a podcast that is easy to listen to and helpful and doesn't give you more anxiety because that's the last thing we want. <laughs> so, um, we, you know, and we do read every review. So um, there hasn't been any that have been like, you know, whoop, there I go, um, really mean or anything. But we do want to address there was one review where someone had said that we say the word like too much. And you don't understand, you guys, that Taylor and I, when we listen back to our podcast and when we record these, we try so hard not to say the word like. Yeah, I think like two episodes ago, you were like, you're saying like too much. And I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. And I. You guys are going to give me a panic attack. I. Listen, you guys, it's like a filler. There it is again. It's a filler word for me. I consciously try not to say it when I am talking in a professional setting on this podcast, on my Instagram. I really try not to. For me, it's sort of, it's a nervous tick for me. Some people say um a lot and that's not great either, but I do find myself saying like, and Taylor does too, um, when we're sort of in conversation, we're really going to try and work at it though, you guys. Okay. We promise. But I will say, you know, we're not perfect and (laughs) we are going to try, but we are also going to still be ourselves. So if we say the word like every now and then and we might say it every two seconds sometimes and I just want to say I apologize and Taylor I'm sure you're sorry as well yeah and, and just that this podcast is more of like Allison and I don't sit down and script it and mm-hmm. create a plat like a blueprint before we get on we just get on and we talk from our hearts we want this to yeah. just be super organic and just like how Aside from our, like, yes, we give professional advice and stuff sometimes, but we also like it to just be us being genuine people who have gone through anxiety ourselves. And we just want to sit here and be your friend. Yeah. I mean, listen, we do prepare. We know, you know, every single thing we talk about, I've been practicing for over 20 years. So, I mean, I read up on all of these things we talk about and Taylor has been in her um, field for so long. And so- 
we do know we do prepare but yes it's organic so if we say like a bit too often for anyone that's listening then if it gets too annoying we're totally okay if you can't listen anymore we apologize but we're going to keep doing what we're doing <laughs> the best that we can um and if you know we're going to try. But listen, we're going to have some really good guests on every now and then. You know, we've had some great guests on. We want to have some more on um, more often. So maybe those are the episodes that might be better for you. Who knows? But we just wanted to address that one. And we just want to say that we're trying our best. So that being said, please go rate and review us and leave us a <laughs> Don't let us know if we say like too much anymore because we're trying. But um. But we really do appreciate, I mean, every single, uh, all the other feedback we've been getting from everyone. It's been so great. And um, we have a really great topic this week, too. Uh, but first, I want to see how you're doing, Taylor, because I know we talked a little bit last time about Texas and the snowmageddon, but how's everything? <laughs> um, very blessed. You know, didn't have anything bad happen. Just all of my last minute wedding appointments were canceled as we're Three weeks away, people. Three weeks. It's almost there. After this wedding, it's going to be such a relief. Like oh I'm going to be working all my focus just on this stuff, and I can't wait. Like it's just so hard for me to get my mind to transition. You know, like to be focused on this and focused on that. And I'm just, I'm excited for it, but like ready for the stress of it. It's kind of sad how much stress there is with a wedding. You know, you're like, it's supposed to be something. I don't know. It's just, it's sad how much stress there is, but. Yeah. But three weeks, girl. Yeah. Yeah. Three yes. weeks. <laughs> yes. So it'll all be good. But today's well, topic is good because it's actually going to happen like the week before. And I'm like, I can't be, we're talking about like periods and anxiety today, guys. Yeah. And I'm going to do all the things I can to like balance my hormones before the wedding because I do not want to be a cranky bridezilla. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Well, and if you guys. Um, haven't listened yet to the episode about a wedding anxiety. Um, Taylor goes over all of her uh, anxiety she's had since with COVID and with her wedding and even before she got engaged, how it was with even getting engaged and the thought of getting married and all this stuff. So go listen to that episode. Um, but yeah, so we're talking about anxiety and periods today, you guys. And if you're a man and you're listening, um, please still listen because you yeah. might be, you know, you probably have a mother um, and a or maybe a sister or maybe a niece or maybe a wife or maybe a girlfriend or who knows. But this will be very educational for you as well, because um, everybody gets affected when a woman has her period, not just the woman, but we are going to go over. We're going to educate you a little bit more about really what happens and why there's so much anxiety and depress depression that happens around your period. So right. it's awesome. I'm so excited, Taylor, because you have so much information about this. Yeah. And I, I've talked about it before. Like when I got into my profession, how I didn't know what I wanted to do with dietetics at first. And then the more I got into it with mental health, and I would say like period is a part of your having good mental health, having a balanced period, balanced hormones. If you are feeling, I, I just want to start with this. If you are feeling like your period is 
so outrageous. You are just raging with hormones. Uh, it's, it's the worst week of your life every single month. Highly, highly suggest going to see a doctor about that. That is not normal. That is not supposed to happen. You're not ever supposed to feel like that. And Allison will touch in on some of that at the end after this. But I want to start off with talking about your normal cycle. So days one through seven, an average period should be is one through seven days. During this time, your estrogen and your progesterone levels plummet down to next to nothing. You have almost no estrogen or progesterone during the days one through seven, which is partially responsible for all the like bloating. And I know a lot of women experience this, but it's not really talked about, but like diarrhea, like period diarrhea, like you kind of have it like the days before or during or when you begin and then the cramps that many people experience. So after the one through seven days, you enter the follicular phase, which is uh, technically an overlap of your period, but um, it usually ends around day 14 when your ovulation occurs, which some women will see that like discharge of some sort, you know, it's yes. just yeah, all the nasty things. Um, and then lastly, you have the luteal phase. This is where PMS symptoms, including anxiety, really kick into high gear. And you might be wondering, okay, why? Why does this happen? I remember thinking that, like, why is my anxiety so high now? And so during the luteal phase, your body's production of progesterone goes into overdrive for the preparation of potential pregnancy. So your body is like thinking it's about to get pregnant every time. And so that increased progesterone helps thicken your uterus, preparing itself for conceiving a child. And so at, at the same time, your body sends an egg traveling down your fallopian tubes where it's fertilized. Or not, because <laughs> if you're not trying to get pregnant, right. yeah. it's not fertilized. Yeah, no. um, so in this case, when you're not, when it's not fertilized, your body has to rid itself of that thickened lining, hence your period, um, and the whole cycle begins. So luteal phase is that week before your period, which is the worst for me personally. I don't right. know about you, but the, the week, week before. before my period is the worst. Yeah. Um, and interesting during this phase your cortisol your stress hormone spikes tremendously so yes all of the weird and out of nowhere high stress feelings i feel you um it always helps when i explain these phases and what happens with your hormones during these phases to my clients because it's just like you have that like aha moment you know what i mean yeah yeah i mean yeah yeah so i when I go through this with clients and it always helps when I see such a detailed, uh, a detailed lab result of their personal, my favorite is the Dutch test. Oh my gosh. It gives a clinician so much detail about how you metabolize estrogen, how you, how your estrogen levels are, the different kinds of estrogen. There's just so much information that you can get from this test. I personally don't like the test that you and I'm sure if you've asked your gynecologist for a hormone test, they're like, eh, it's not accurate because it's your hormones in that split second. Oh, so they switch all the time. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. So the Dutch test, it monitors your whole month and you take pee samples every day. It, it's the coolest thing. I mean, if you truly, wow. truly, truly feel like your periods or your hormones or like something isn't normal, it is the best thing. Um, and I personally do Dutch testing so I can, I'm a Dutch testing practitioner. And so I, I love it, but, um, 
I want to give some helpful tips to you guys about each phase. And so these are just generic. Um, When I work with clients, it's way more individualized. But uh, so during, we're going to start back to, so your your menstruation phase, this is days one through seven for most women. I don't, how long is yours usually? Um, so it's about, it's about like four to four days at this point, four okay. to five days. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah all but, women are different. Yeah, I know. Everybody's different. It's funny too, because I've, my, like the, it's, it's just so crazy how much it changes too. Like when you get developmentally, like yeah. my period has changed so much from 10 years ago to now. And weirdly I have, I have really bad cramps like sometimes and then not sometimes. And it's just like gone up and down. I've talked to my OBGYN about it. And anyway, go ahead, but we'll talk about, you know, the differences of those things. But yeah. So during your menstruation phase, um, this is how you can adapt your nutrition to help balance and optimize how you feel during this phase. So this is the time you want to fuel up on your iron rich foods. Um, you want to eat slow absorption carbs. You want to boost your antioxidant intake. You want to eat high anti-inflammatory foods. So I give a lot, I, I make full meal plans. So like while I was texting, I was texting Allison last night and I was like, uh, we're going to have to delay the podcast a little bit tomorrow because I have been I, today's a late night because Sunday nights, I finish all my meal plans for my clients for the weeks, uh, for the week. And so in that, it's just like super detailed with what a individualized person should eat. But basically those are just some generic things you can do during that phase. So, and this phase is when, like the first day of your period? Yeah. Days one through seven. Okay. Okay. Depending on- Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then you have your next phase, which is day seven through 13. So this is right before ovulation because day 14 is your ovulation. So during days seven through 13, some ways you can nutritionally adapt during these phase are eat all your carbs before dinner. Try to eat all your carbs up to dinner because you're one. So what you're wanting to do, I know all that sounds like cr- you don't have to follow this too. This is just if you really, it's really want to focus. Yeah. Okay. If you really, really want to focus on feeling your best, like if you just feel like crap every single day and you just feel out of sorts, it's it's making the changes you need. Some women, they're like they feel fine. They don't have to do anything. They're like I eat, I eat this every day and I feel fine. whatever. But, but, the, but can I ask a question? But this type of like program that you're suggesting, will that actually help in balancing out symptoms of anxiety if you get them? Yes. Before yes, your period of, and yes, balance out your hormones? Yes. Oh. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Because, okay, so why you should eat your, why I said that, why eat all your carbs before dinner is because your higher estrogen levels make your body more efficient at burning fat due to an increase in insulin sensitivity. What does that mean? So you have Explain more, that to me like I'm five. So you have more insulin sensitivity during that phase. So insulin is like your blood sugar level. So if say oh. you feel lightheaded or you get dizzy around your period or oh. all of that stuff, this, this will really help just like balance out your insulin so you don't have all these random spikes. Um, during this phase, you should also fuel up on healthy fats. So 
that's that's about it for that phase. I would just focus on high omega threes, high omega uh, nine fatty acids. Just focusing on just balance in that phase, total balance. Um, but but the carb thing, carbs. So you're saying like throughout the day when you eat your carbs throughout the day. Try and eat them throughout the day and not at dinner time. Like maybe avoid carbs at your dinner meal, but eat carbs. Have like a have a slow absorption carb, like a whole grain at dinner, but after dinner to avoid these spikes because your estrogen is higher during this phase. Um, Okay. After dinner, just try and not. I mean, and if that's if you if you feel hungry and you need to eat, eat by all means. Don't starve yourself. I never that's never an option. And when I do make these meal plans for clients, no one is starving. Trust me. Um, so then next you have your ovulation phase, and this is day fourteen for women. Um, so during this phase, it's just important to eat slow absorption carbs, and like I said, that's whole grains, um, quinoa, barley peas, anything that's just slow absorption carbs. That's, it's just, that, that's what you want. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's what, what you want, want during this phase. Okay. Yeah. Sorry if I, if I sound, if you have any questions, honestly, just ask. I am. That's, okay, why, okay. I'm, that's, why, I'm, that's why I'm cutting I'm you like, off because I want okay, people okay. listening to understand too. Yeah. You just, you really so, want to avoid those spikes in insulin. So those spikes in insulin mess with your mood because when you have such a spike in your blood sugar, and then that spike goes down is when you feel the depression, the sadness, and all the yucky emotions with a period. So your insulin is super sensitive with your period. Okay. That's what I, that's what I just, that's what I'm reading because I just, well, I did a lot of research on this because I'm going to do a post about this in the next you know, couple of days, or if this came out, I might've already posted. Um, but basically talking about the differences in our brain chemistry and the impact yeah. of the hormones, estrogen and progesterone, which actually occur before our period can have effect on the feel-good hormones like serotonin and dopamine and can trigger like the feelings of anxiety and depression, the you know, symptoms that, that come with it. Yeah, like with my... I'm looking at my uh, forms that I give to my clients and there's these little graphs on it and there it says hormone levels and there's estrogen and progesterone and it kind of shows a visual to clients how it works. Like your estrogen levels are here during this time and your progesterone is here during this time and how it just validates how you feel. Like the more I read into it, I'm like, oh my gosh, like, yeah, my estrogen is tanked right now. Like, why would I feel da 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 da? How can I help this? You know, and so last phase um, is your post. Or no, there's post ovulation and the pre menstruation. So post ovulation is days 15 through 23, and this is just going off of the average period. Some women do not right, have a 28 right. day. You know, cycle, so it's cycle, so individualized. Yeah. So take everything we say with a grain of salt. During this phase, you want to be super hydrated. Um, cause you have a rising progesterone during this phase, which increases your body temperature. You want to, again, stick to slow absorption carbs. Honestly, with mental health, um, here's a, here's a really big tip with mental health in general. I can't recommend enough when you eat carbs to go for slow absorption carbs. Almost always those white starchy carbs, um, 
unfortunately, they are just the biggest spikes in insulin and blood sugar. And so it, it just really is. I don't know if you, if you're listening to this, if you eat, when you eat sugar, you maybe feel a little more anxious. I know personally, yes. when I was going through panic disorder, I like had a panic attack after eating, uh, like candy or something. And I, and from then on, I was like, I cannot have candy. It is a trigger. Oh my gosh. That's the first thing that whenever, like I talked a lot about the, um, like integrative doctor that I've seen, um, yeah. off and on over the past couple of years for my IBS. That is literally the thing she tells me every single time I see her when she asks, she always asks to, she checks in on me. How are you? How is it? I'm like, eh, you know, having a flare up today, having whatever. And, um, she always says, are you watching your sugar? Are you watching yeah. your sugar? Yeah. It's it's an inflammatory guys. It really is. And that's why they say, so during this phase also, you want to eat anti-inflammatory, tons of anti-inflammatory foods. And the reason from that is because anti-inflammatory foods alleviate premenstrual symptoms proven with studies. Yeah. it's So maybe we can actually, can you give us a list of those kinds of foods, like the anti-inflammatory and the so anti-inflammatory because, would be like well, salmon, yeah. avocado, radish, extra virgin olive oil, leafy leafy green vegetables, stuff like that. But what I'm saying is maybe we'll get a list together and we'll post it on our Instagram for you guys. Oh, yeah. Something totally. like that. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, that during, is so, awesome. Oh Sorry. So no. Okay. No, go ahead. During this phase, you also want to eat high protein rich foods because you have a higher progesterone level which can increase the breakdown of your muscle protein. So you really want to keep that strong during that time because you don't want our, we don't want our muscles breaking down. Um, you also want to eat more fiber rich foods during this phase. And then last you have your pre-menstruation phase. This is day 24 through 28. During this phase, how you can adapt, get a good night. This is when your sleep should be optimal. Really focus on your sleep days 24 through 28. Right. Okay. So that's like right before you get your period, like yeah. again, on average for the average woman, right before you get your period, sleep is important. Yeah. And so during this phase, you really want to eat once again, more healthy fats. You want to fuel up on protein rich foods. And then this is really, really important one. You want to eat every three to four hours. And why is because the stress hormones, the stress hormone cortisol increases during this phase tremendously. So this can impair your your like body's ability to digest foods in, in the ways it always does. And so when you eat every three to four hours, you keep things more balanced. Yeah. I mean, this is just so interesting because I mean, I don't think there's an episode that goes by where we don't talk about the mind-body connection of yeah. anxiety. It's all connected. <laughs> And, you know, essentially what you're saying is these, this is so interesting because I'm, I'm learning so much. The four, there are four phases of basically your, your period cycle, yeah, yeah, which is your whole life. <laughs> Literally. It's your life. It's, you're basically just making sure that you're feeling, living a balanced life. Right. Because the hormones for women, the hormones in their body, I'm, oh, and I, Anyway, the hormones in their body is it's it affects anxiety and depressive symptoms so much, which actually is why there's such a high percentage of women over men that have struggle with anxiety in the in the country in the world. Ding ding ding. 
Yeah. <laughs> I remember uh, talking so to someone in the last six months and they were like, what do you do? And I was like, I'm a dietitian uh, focused mostly on functional nutrition. And they were like, well, how does that go with mental health? And I'm still taken back by when people say that because I'm like, your mental health and your gut and what you feel your body with go hand in hand. And if you don't recognize that yet, like you are, you're still in the 1900s. Like we are just, we are finding out so much information and just the way our food is processed nowadays and like our soil. I mean, we are not getting the nutrients that we used to get. So we have to be even more focused on what we put into our body because the way that food is farmed nowadays, it's not the same. Oh and my that's gosh, why we really wonder why there's such a spike in, in mental health. And honestly, so much of it has to do, I mean, there's so many factors, but most of the, so about 90% of the population has leaky gut. They have proven that we, in this Western diet, we almost totally. all have leaky gut syndrome. Well, you know, it's bad in, well, we're talking about the U S right now. Cause that's what I know, but you know, it's bad when there's restaurants that are called farm to table now. Ding, ding, ding. Why yeah. are they called farm to table? Because literally. Why do you want farm to table? Exactly. Yeah. You because you're paying actually... more expensive food for farm to table because that's not what happens in our country anymore. Things are so processed. It's actually. It's like mass produced stuff and uh, it's ridiculous. I, um, I think a lot of my <laughs> anxiety and in uh, my master's program, when I was really studying things with like food production and all that was like really bad when I saw like, even though something is called organic, the farms and like all it's just, it's crazy. So anytime you guys that you can support a local farmer or a local farmer's market, I can't recommend it enough to go get all your food from there. Like it is just so those farmers truly care about their produce and they truly totally. care about what they're it, producing. Yes. Yes. And, and they're, they're supporting fu- local. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and, and I love, you know, you think about that. I actually, if you've ever met, you know, a real farmer or you know someone that owns a farm and they are so passionate about just I don't want to even want to say organic right now because, or even organic, some organic isn't really farm, you know, fresh. Right. They are just so, I mean, they're, the, they're so passionate about the cause that, that food is not processed in factories. Yeah, absolutely. They want, right. And they're as much as you can. Yeah. Buy local, buy from farms. I mean, if you Google you the can. modern farmer, a picture of the modern farmer. It's a guy in a lab coat with a like, yeah. Farmers are not farmers anymore. Like no. the like the big farmers who mass produce, like Tyson and all that. It's, I mean, it's just not. It's sad. So anytime, and and honestly, when you shop at a farmer's market, it's cheaper. I know. <laughs> so it's like win win. Exactly. I mean, I COVID, how. Uh, farmers markets will do starting up in April. I guess we'll see. I, I didn't go to one last year. Yeah, and all this. So totally. yeah. Um, but no, I think this is so great because it 
it helped me even, and I'm sure it's helping the listeners understand more how important it is what you eat. I mean, first of all, just consistently in your life, but to balance hormones for women. Yeah. Well, and I think the worst part is right before your period, you have that intense craving of bad stuff. Gosh, totally. (laughs) And you feed into it because you're like, what the heck? I don't care. I just want chocolate. I just want ice cream. And so you feed into that. And little do you know that you're just making everything worse. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's hard because like it it truly is a craving. Like it's an intense craving. Yeah. So what I think is important to help everyone understand too is, you know, when you're talking about phase four, which is right before your period, um, there is, you know, there there are people that there are women that will experience like severe, severe types of symptoms of depression or anxiety where you'll almost feel like you're having a depressive episode or a really intense anxiety episode with symptoms that, um, you know, you might even fit the criteria of depression or anxiety from the DSM, you know, a week before your period. But on the other, you know, in those other two phases, and even when you're kind of have your period and it's ending, you might not have any of those anxiety or depressive symptoms. So that's actually that's actually diagnosable. There's something called premenstrual dysphoric disorder or PMDD. Have you ever heard of that? Oh yeah. Yeah. Super underdiagnosed. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And so essentially what happens is there is yeah, and it really varies on the person, just like everyone's period is every woman's period feels different. Everyone's symptoms can look different too. I mean, you could have you could be and this could be, you know, the week before your period, you could literally not be able to get out of bed. You could be feeling so depressed, you could be isolated, you could feel um so emotionally irritable, you could get dizzy. You know, all of the symptoms that you feel like you have when you have anxiety or if you struggle with depression or both can happen. And sometimes it's so hard to diagnose because you actually think like you don't know. It's hard to to say if it's related to your period or not. It's like hard to you almost need to. I don't know a lot of people that have been able to find that pattern so quickly. You know, they they Dutch testing. Yeah, I know. Absolute evident in Dutch testing. Any type of intense monthly cycling, it's just, if that's why I said, like, if you feel just like absolutely almost insane before your period, I know girls who literally, and trigger warning, but they they get suicide thoughts Mm -hmm. before their period. And, And then the rest of the month, they're fine, but almost just like irrationally out of control. Um, I know I used to know this one girl who she finally got a diagnosis in high school. I remember it took so long and she would have to take a week off from school every single month. Oh yeah. Oh, I knew someone like that too. Yeah. Yeah. And And I remember being up physically. Yeah. Well, and, and they would get physically so sick too. Yeah. Like I know like a couple girls from my high school, they would have to be out too. They would just be like throwing up constantly for three days straight. And that was more like when they were getting their period. But still, I mean, they would be physic- like physically sick like that along with just all of their emotions. Yeah. And I know a girl who used to like her period was so heavy. Like I can't even put into words how many products she had to use a day. 
you know what I mean? Like tampons and stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. But it was, so that's another thing that's super important to talk about because when you are bleeding that much, you really, really need to be replenishing your iron. That's why women who are, who haven't had, uh, uh, oh my gosh, I'm depleting on the word. What's the word? Menopause women who have, oh, yes. like, yeah. so iron, iron recommendations for women are higher than men. And that is because we have periods and they're higher than women. So once you have your, um, oh my gosh, menopause, you, your iron levels go back to like a, a, a man's. So men's iron levels are recommended lower than ours because we have our periods. And then women who bleed a ton have even higher recommendations. And it's really, really wow. important that you replenish that because iron deficient anemia is no joke. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, I am super under diagnosed. (laughs) Yeah. I will tell you that, you know, it took me, I mean, I'm 40 and it took me up until a couple of years ago to recognize that I 1000% get um, more depressed on the depressed side before my period. So like I can literally cry. You tell me something or I'm extra, extra sensitive and I'm just don't really feel like doing much. Um, I enjoy being enjoy quote unquote, like being in my bed. I, but like the crying thing for me, I, I can cry so easily the couple of days before my period. And, um, it never really was debilitating as much as like PMDD can be where, where I'm going, you know, and I, I, see a therapist and I see all my doctors anyway, you know, very, pretty consistently, but honestly, and, and I read this somewhere too, but this can actually affect your relationships, whether it's your, with your partner, like romantically or with your friendships or your family members, because I remember thinking in my last relationship, I almost knew exact when we would have like those conversations that I talked about in a bunch of episodes. So go back and listen. Um, every time I would start crying about a conversation that was not even a fight, it was just a kind of emotional conversation. I would literally cry all the time. And it was always right before my period. And I remember him one time saying to me, you know, are you, um, do, are you, you're extra sensitive right now? Do you think, you know, are you near that time of the month or whatever? And <laughs> I was like, no, what are you talking about? Like, don't change the subject. I don't care. That's what you're going to say. It's that time of the month. Oh my gosh, I hate you. No, I didn't say that. But I basically said to to myself, it probably is actually. (laughs) So I'm learning that that's part of my, that's just part of my hormones. And I feel like also your hormones change when you age. You know, so I'm getting old. I'm 40 now. And they definitely have changed the last couple of years when I'm getting my period and stuff. And it's very, very good. To, that's why we're doing this episode, basically, because I feel like they don't talk about it a lot. No. Yeah, I think I think it's super. <coughs> sorry. <coughs> Not COVID. Um, I think it's super under talked about. I feel like you have to like preface when you cough now and sneeze. Like, I know. COVID. Or sneeze. I know. <laughs> um, but I, yeah, it's super under talked about. Uh, for me, before my period, I would get, yes, sensitive, definitely more sensitive. Oh, shoot. Definitely more sensitive, but also super dizzy, like extreme dizziness. Like, 
to where I felt like I couldn't stand up correctly and ba- I don't know but also recognizing my symptoms and like recognizing that it's the week before and stuff like that really helps understand my symptoms and that oh this is happening because of this not because I'm dying because that's when the health anxiety can kick yeah. in so that helps <laughs> well and so I think it's great that you kind of talked a little bit about you know, the diet piece and the food that I think is so, and you know, guys, food is medicine. Like I said, we talk about this all the time on our pages and also hear that food is medicine. So if you struggle with IBS or you struggle with PMDD or this, you know, even just some PMS, um, food is medicine. So I love that you said that, but there's actually also a couple other things that I read that can be really helpful for anyone that struggles with some anxiety or depression around their period. Um, One of the biggest things that probably won't be surprising to you, um, because this is just something that helps every single type of health concern, is exercise. So it doesn't, doesn't necessarily mean you have to go to the gym for five hours and do some intense workout. This is not what it means. It, like you can do a video. I mean, listen, we're all home for the most part right now anyway. Um, there's so many YouTube videos that are free that have amazing dance workouts or just movement workouts. Um, you probably have heard me talk about yoga a million times. I am a huge <laughs> fan of yoga. They actually have some yoga. If you type into YouTube, yoga for menstrual cycles or yoga for periods. They actually have videos with different types of positions that can really help if you have cramps or if you're feeling more anxious because uh, it's that time of the month. Um, But even just walking, going for a walk. I mean, because when we can get outside these days, you can go for a walk and you can, I mean, not right now if it's snowing, but you know, you can still do it. I went for a walk today. Um, but just getting some fresh air, moving your body. Um, it actually is said that you increase your oxygen intake and circulation in your body when you move. So that's going to kind of balance things out too. So move your body guys. Okay. Do you agree with that, Taylor? Oh, yeah. I think you should always move your body in some way. And like you said, that's not intense working out. It's oh. just literally getting up off the couch or the bed or the chair and allowing yourself movement. Yeah. And when I talk about yoga, too, I talk, I think, especially during this time of like the phase four before your period or during your period, um, doing more of like a re- um, restorative type of yoga which um, you might have heard of like vinyasa or yin yoga. Those are both good because it's movement. And if you feel like you want to do some more kind of movement movement, then I think those two are great. But restorative yoga is really more of like a meditative type of yoga. And that can be really helpful um, to kind of calm your nervous system during that time. I mean, all of these suggestions, by the way, are good, not just for anxiety and periods, but just for your lifestyle. <laughs> so if you're just experiencing anxiety generally, generalized anxiety, just do some of these things too. Um, okay. This is another thing that I cannot 
say enough about, but avoiding caffeine. Right. I know you're listening and you probably are sipping on your coffee right now in your car, maybe. Maybe you're in the Dunkin' Donuts line (laughs) waiting for that amazing iced, you know, whatever they have. You can get decaf because I actually love the taste of coffee. So sometimes I'll get decaf, even though there's a little bit of caffeine in that. But honestly, caffeine is not good for anxiety, you guys, just in general. Um, If you can start by just managing it and maybe drinking like a cup a day or something. Yeah, I was about to. I was about to say, because I I did have to cut it out when my panic disorder was super bad. I I cut it out. And then what I started to do is because I, and I don't know if this goes back to when I was diagnosed with ADHD. They have shown that sometimes when you drink caffeine, when you have ADHD, it actually like calms you down. So I, I don't know if that's the connection, but I actually, when I started to get better, and I was working insane hours with the hospital and doing my master's at the same time. I, I like was like, I need some coffee. And so I tried it out. And how I got back into it was I actually was just like sipping. Like I would get a cup and each day I would like sip a little bit on it and see how I felt. And I realized like my, I found my limit. Like I found out how much I could drink because to me it was like, I didn't want to give that up. And I, it makes me sad when people say like, I love coffee. Like I hate that anxiety takes everything from me. Same with sugar, finding your limit. Like if you love candy or you love ice cream, I know like all the things I said, you're like, heck Taylor, what can I eat? Sounds like I can eat like a, like a rabbit. No, you can always find anything in moderation. But if you're going out and you're eating a tub of ice cream before your period, I mean, and you're drinking like a bang energy drink, energy drinks, please no. But like, if you can have a small cup of coffee and maybe like people make fun of me. They're like, you always order coffee and you don't drink like any of it. And I'm like, you know what? I drink my limit and that's okay. (laughs) Well, I think that's good in moderation, everything in moderation. But I unfortunately think the reason why people drink coffee is not because of the taste. I think it's because it's caffeine. Right. So that's totally just me. It's not a scientific thing. I just... right. I'm thinking. No, I, think, I think it is kind of scientific, though. So, well, no, I mean, in my brain, I don't know any. I'm not saying this out loud. This is an opinion. Oh, okay. Of mine, um, that I, most people I know, you know, they 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 like the taste, you know, quote unquote. But a lot of times, it's when they when it's in excess, it's because they need energy, right? right. If they want one cup or something, great, have at it. I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but it mentions kind of caffeine in general. So I'm not sure it's just coffee, but yeah, you're right. Those energy drinks or soda, you know, no, you know, caffeine staying away from caffeine is going to 100% help with lessening those jittery feelings. Yeah. I mean, now that's scientific that caffeine is connected to anxiety. So um, just limiting that or really trying to, if you feel like you're dependent on it, if you're dependent oh, yeah. on anything, that's not good. So, yeah, um, I, I completely cut out caffeine during, when I, when it was bad. If your anxiety is out of control, that that's a huge, yes. yeah. Yes. I mean, and it's not even that I like felt I needed to cut it out. I couldn't have a panic attack. I mean, I would have a panic attack if I had a sip. So it was like, I didn't even want to drink it. 
that happened to me. I, I had a panic attack when I had a Starbucks and I haven't had it since. Yeah. But, yeah. It, um, it becomes a trigger. <laughs> it does. But I think also, you know, if you're listening to this and maybe your anxiety does spike before your period or during it, maybe those are the times you want to try and limit your caffeine. Yeah. Right. Maybe you're okay. Maybe you're not dependent on it and you're just, you know, you enjoy it. And the other times it doesn't really give you any heart palpitations like it does to me. Um, and you find that you can manage it the other days, but during your period and before it, maybe that's when your anxiety spikes or your depression spikes, I would avoid caffeine, honestly. Um, and then maybe you can speak to this a little bit better, but what I read was that magnesium can be helpful. Yeah, and, it definitely can be relaxing. Okay. And again, everybody, I'm going to we're going to say some supplements here, but you have to check with your doctor and you have to consult with your doctor before taking any type of supplements. Even if it's over the counter, I would honestly recommend talking to a doctor before taking any new supplements to learn a little bit more about it. But I will be talking about a couple things I read about for what can be good for PMDD and um, before your period. So magnesium was one and then vitamin B6. Here, no, I read that. Um, there's some preliminary data that shows that the B, the B vitamin B6 can help with PMS. So do your research look into that a little bit more. And then something called L, L L-thionine. Yes. Yeah. Which is found in green tea. Yeah. And it says it's an amino acid that's been shown to relax the mind without making you sleepy, according to research published in the Asian Pacific Journal of Clinical Nutrition. Yeah. L-thionine is amazing. Definitely like so getting tests done. Uh, I was deficient in all amino acids. So it's, it's, good to know like your individualized needs. And that's why yes. I'm, I'm such an advocate for testing and not testing like at your doctor's office because they will never test that, but like functional nutrition. I'm yeah. such an advocate for. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Getting in touch with a functional doctor or integrative medicine doctor, um, asking them about some of those supplements, educating yourself on them and just learning your body and really knowing so, what helps you. Um, I also yeah. take extra CBD before my period for the inflammatory. I don't know if you do that, but for the infl inflammation, it helps so much. I would do two extra doses during the day, especially if I have cramps or something. You know what? I don't, but I'm going to now. Oh yeah. And I do topical on my stomach. Yes. Like lotion <gasps> on my stomach. so smart. Oh yeah. It's amazing. I need to remember it. Sometimes I, I know people who take antidepressants and they're actually during their period or around their period or something. And this might be people with PM actually, you know what? I think this is people with PMDD with anxiety. I, I know this one girl and before her period, they have her take a higher dose of her medicine during her period, something like that. I don't, I don't know. This would be something you talk to your doctor about, but this yeah. is like what she does. Um, so yeah, sometimes it, it, it's adjusting your stuff. Like it's okay. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. I think it's, I think it's just important to know your body and to ask questions. And we're all, yeah. we always, when we talk on here, we always advocate for you guys to 
ask your doctor questions and don't make them feel like you're, you know, they're belittling you with all big words. I, that's, why I, that's why I said that to you earlier today. I go, yeah, can you tell me this like I'm a fifth grader? Because honestly, I have no idea what you're talking about. I say that to my doctor every, every time I go to a doctor. I say, can you explain this to me like I'm a second grader? Because I have no idea what you're talking about. And some of them need to be put in check. And honestly, they look, they look at me and, and they say, oh, It yes, throws them off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They say to me, they're like, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's true. Well, like how um, many times have you gone to the doctor before advocating for yourself and you, they, they say, take this, do this, do this. And you, this is you the whole time. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. And then you leave and you get in your car and you just start bawling, crying. Cause you're like, why didn't I ask the questions yeah, I I'm wanted like, to ask? Yeah. Um, so, okay. So anyway, so in conclusion, PMDD, I'm just going to read exactly what, you know, it says for symptoms in case you're wondering. It causes extreme mood shifts that can disrupt work and damage relationships. Symptoms include extreme sadness, hopelessness, irritability, or anger, plus common premenstrual syndrome symptoms such as breast tenderness and bloating. So, and again, this is case by case, everyone, but you know, excessive sleepiness or insomnia, panic attacks, um, irritability, crying, that's mine, <laughs> um, appetite changes, fatigue, food cravings, headaches, sensitivity to rejection, lack of concentration, self-critical thoughts, water retention, weight gain, all of those fun things. Oh, my goodness. So Isn't it amazing being a woman? <laughs> It actually is amazing being a woman. I love it. And and power to all my women out there and all the men listening that love women. Um, and, you know, listen, it is what it is. I think knowing all of this information can help um, just balance out your hormones and live a healthier life. So hopefully it helps with periods too. Absolutely. Right? Thank you guys for listening. Yeah. Thank you guys. And if you guys have any more questions about PMDD or anxiety, always feel free to contact us. Um, and we hope that you guys enjoyed this episode and go back and listen to all of our other episodes because um, they're amazing. So Taylor, thanks for all your info. Yeah. Thanks guys for listening. Bye. Bye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.